it's a, it's a blessing that we're given an opportunity that we can come into God's house to study his word. I know that you're studying at home. I know that you're involved in quiet time. I know that, there, that this isn't the only time that you praise and worship the Lord, but this is a time that corporately we get to come together. We get to lift up our voices in singing. We get to study his word. We get to grow in our relationship. And grow is something we're going to talk about this morning. Growth is a, a very important part of uh, our relationship as Christians. It's very part of our relationships with, with our Lord. But we're going to focus on a word. It's very, very a four-letter word. It's called know. K-N-O-W. That's the word that we're going to look at. And I want you to open up your ears and just open up your hearts and just kind of understand as we work through the scripture this morning, as we look at what God is going to show us this morning, I want you to be thinking about the word no and how it factors in, how we, we look at it, how we understand it, how we comprehend it. So the title of the message this morning is Knowing God by Knowing His Son. And that's important. I mean, when I look at the passive scripture, I look for the title in the, in the passive scripture, and I look at it, and I want, to, I want us to gather something out of it. I want us to gain something out of it. And so knowing God is so important to us. As Christians, knowing God is, is one of our missions. We want to know him, okay? But the fact is, we have to know his son. So we're going to be looking at, this, uh, at John chapter 14 this morning. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in John 14, verses 8 through 17. But nothing is more important than knowing God. And we want to know what it means to know him because it's more than just knowing that there is a God. Okay, so there's more to it. So, so let me lead you into this this morning because I want to set the stage for the scripture. There's a phrase that is often used by many people that states, seeing is believing. You ever heard that before? Seeing is believing. Some people have a hard time believing certain things without actually seeing them for themselves. They have a hard time believing it. They have a hard time understanding it if they don't see it for themselves. They tend to use the phrase, I've got to see it to believe it. Y'all ever heard that? Man, I've got to see it to believe it. That's just too hard for me to understand. Now, I'm not talking about visual learners because I am a visual learner. If you show me something, it sticks with me a lot more than me just reading about it. Okay, so that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are skeptical. People who have a hard time understanding or believing something that they don't actually see. For instance, uh, you know, Dylan gets a hat trick. Well, I didn't see it. Can I believe it? I can believe it. Because Missy and Jason told me it happened, okay? So I can understand that. Same thing with other people. But I didn't see it, and I didn't have a hard time believing it because I trust their character. And that's what I want to look at this morning. Other people present such a strong, positive characteristic in their lives that when they tell you something that sounds hard to believe, you can still believe it based on their character. You can still believe it based on the fact that they've never misled you before in anything else. Based on the fact that they are sincere about the things that they tell you, all right? They have revealed something about themselves that displays the character of who they are. There's a lot of value in your person's character. There's a lot of value in your name, your name. I'm just talking about we're going to get into God's name, but I'm talking about your name. When I, when I call your name, you automatically go to the characteristics of that person when you call their name. Amen? There's, there's some, some, some stability in that. The God of the Bible has been revealing himself to mankind since the beginning of time. Now, during our Wednesday night Bible study, if you've been coming 
We've been studying the various names of God. And when you look at the various names of God, God's names represent a characteristic about himself. They were, come, uh, they were given to us at a period of time in history. At different times, he would reveal the name. But each name represented something about his characteristic. And I want to use one of those this week just like I did last week. All right, He used his, his name throughout history to reveal himself to people. Now, if you go into the Old Testament, you look, he revealed himself throughout his creation. The things that he created, you know that it had to come from God through prophecy and through prophets telling about God and who he was and when he was coming and and the the fact that the Messiah was going to come. You see that in the Old Testament. You see it through the actions of God, how he worked in the lives of people in the Old Testament. Now, this this morning I want to focus on the New Testament because in the New Testament he revealed himself to people through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? Man, when you look at Jesus Christ, you look at God the Father. When you look at the the model example that Jesus gave us, you look at God the Father. That's what we want to focus on in our time this morning. Jesus Christ, born in a manger, grew up as a a young young person, young adult, grew into adulthood, had a ministry that that lasted three-plus years, but he walked on this earth for 33-plus years and ultimately went to the cross to provide a solution for the sin debt that needed to be paid. Jesus Christ did that for us, a sacrifice on the cross. Now, if you want to know the God of the Bible, here's, here's some specifics that you have to know. And I want to work through some scripture with you, and some of it's going to be a little difficult, but I want to try to explain it to you this morning as best I can. But if you want to know the God of the Bible, then you have to have a relationship with him. And boy, we have talked about that over the last six plus months, haven't we? the relationship that we have with each other, the relationship we have with God. But if you want to know the God of the Bible, and that's the only God that has any meaning in my life, if you want to know the God of the Bible, then you have to have a relationship with him. If you want to have a relationship with the almighty God, then you have to know his son. Amen? You got to have to know his son. You can't just know the God, the almighty God, the creator of the universe, unless you know his son. Now, over the past several weeks, we've been studying God's word to see how faithful servants responded to the will of God when God placed a call on their life. Man, we've looked at these people. We looked at how they responded. We looked at the some that responded instantly, some that responded hesitantly. And what we have seen is an example in the Bible that shows us how we are to respond or how we're not to respond. Amen. This is the way we respond. The way we respond allows us to feel God's presence in our lives. And we want to feel his presence. We want the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. God's going to respond in a positive way when we follow the will that he's laid on our lives. Amen. When we when we're inside of his will, it strengthens us in our relationship with him. Now, this morning, we're going to open up God's word together and look at how Jesus provides the answer to strengthening our relationship with our Heavenly Father. If you were able, would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word? John chapter 14, starting in verse 8, says this, Lord, said Philip, show us the Father, and that's enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been among you all this time, and you do not know me, Philip? The one who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who lives in me does his works. Believe me when I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. 
Truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and he will do even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you do know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Pray with me, please. Most gracious Heavenly Father, God, I just ask that you bless the reading of your word. Father, I ask that you cleanse me of every sin, cleanse me of every impurity. God, I just ask that you hide your servant behind the cross this morning. Allow me to deliver your message to your people. These things I ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, there's a song that says, when we all get to heaven. Y'all know that song? When we all get to heaven. That's a, that's a phrase that is so, so strong with me. When we all get to heaven. Man, I hope that we all get to heaven. Amen. And that what our objective is that we all get to heaven when we get to heaven, we're going to know God and we're going to know Jesus at a different level than we know him today. We're going to know him at a different level when we get there and we're standing in his presence. Because when you're standing in his presence, there's no way you cannot know more about him than what we're just reading about him. Now, God's word is, is vivid. It's strong. It's 100% accurate. But I just can't imagine that standing in the presence of the almighty God and standing in the presence of the, the savior of the world is not going to be a, a better understanding of who they are. But listen to this. It does not mean that we have to wait till we get to heaven to know God. It doesn't mean that we have to wait to heaven to to know Jesus Christ. We can know them today. We can know the Father and we can know the Son today. The Bible is clear that we can know him today and receive him from him and and be touched by him. But the spiritual resources he's given, he sent the Holy Spirit to fill fill our hearts, to fill our lives until we get into his presence. So we can know him without any issues. We can, he helps us through the difficulties that are in our lives. Listen to this. When Jesus ascended back to heaven where he sits at the right hand of the Father, God sent the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts, to fill our lives, and to comfort us, to walk us through difficulty, to help us when things are difficult, to, to sing praises with us when they're good. He groans with us when we have a trouble, but he's also there for us every step of the way. The sole purpose of the New Testament church. Let me tell you something, church. You are the church. It's not the building, the body of believers, those Christian believers. We are the church. The sole purpose of the church is to know Jesus Christ and to make him known to a lost and dying world. Amen? Amen. It's what the Bible says, to know him and to make him known. That's our objective. That's the purpose of the church, to make him known throughout the world. We want to focus on this word know this morning. I want to to emphasize it just a little bit because there's some different ways that you look at the word know. And we're going to look at it this morning together. So what does it mean to know the Father? It's going to be a little bit different. We're going to dig into it. The word know is used 141 times in the Gospel of John. So it must be important. Amen. 141 times John makes reference to the word no, but it does not always carry the same meaning. Let me let you know something. In the Hebrew and in the Greek, the word that that they're talking about, whether it's no or any other word, can have a different meaning based on how it's used, based on the context of the way the word's used, based on the the words that precede it or the words that follow it. The word can have different meanings. So I want to show you four different 
aspects of the word know that are mentioned in the Bible. Four different levels of knowing. Let's look at it together. According to John, there's four different levels of knowing, four different types of knowing. Now, in the, the very basic understanding, the lowest level is simply knowing a fact. The fact that you know something, the fact that you know a fact, all right? That makes it the very, the very basic level. The next level is to understand the truth about the fact. It's a little bit of deeper understanding, not the fact that you just know that it took place, but you knew how it took place, or you knew a little more, more about the fact. That's a different level of knowing, more content, deeper understanding. Now, you've got to understand what we're looking at here is how do we know Jesus Christ? We look at him in the same way. Let's look at it a little bit further. However, you can know the facts. And you can know the truth behind the facts, but yet you can still be lost in your sins. And let that sink in for just a minute. Just the fact that I know it, I know about it, I know the facts, but it can still be lost in sin. Third level, let's look a little bit deeper. The third level introduces a relationship. To know means to believe in a person that become or become related to him or her. To know him is a little bit deeper. It's a deeper level. This is the way the word know is used in John 17, 3. Listen to this. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and the one you sent, Jesus Christ. This is our Lord and Savior talking to us. It's a deeper level of knowing. He wants, I want, to, want them to know you the same way that I know you. You look at this. God's word uh, gives us the word know in different, different levels. The fourth use of the word know means that we have a deeper relationship with a person or deeper communion. A deeper yet still relationship with the Father. A deeper yet relationship with anybody. Let's look a little bit further. It was this level that Paul was referring to when he wrote Philippians 3.10. Listen to this. That I may know him a deeper relationship. It's going a little bit deeper. When Jesus said knowing him and seeing him was the same as knowing the Father, he was claiming to be God himself. He had not given up his deity. Just because he came and took the form of a human being, he still was God incarnate. He was God in the flesh. When Jesus came and he said that, he was claiming to be God. He was stating a fact that he and God were one. It's a deeper relationship. Man, you got to know God. You want to know Jesus Christ. You can't know one without the other. As Christians, we need to have a deep desire to know him better. Man, you have to have a, a craving to know God better. You have to have a hunger that you want to understand his word better, that you want to have a, a closer relationship with him. Let me tell you, any relationship that exists, you want it to be close. Amen? It's not just a relationship. It's a close relationship. You think about it, the same thing with, with, with couples. You think the same thing with families. We want to have a, a close relationship. But as Christians, we want to have a hunger to know God's word better. We need to make sure we understand the process that goes along with that. There's the process it takes to have a deep relationship with the creator of the universe here. We read and study the word of God. This is so important. Don't, don't miss this. We read and study the word of God so that we might better understand the God of the word. Amen. Because there's only one God, the God of the Word. We want to understand Him. Jesus emphasized this when He's talking to Philip. And Philip asked Him, just show us the Father. And that'll be enough for us. When you look at it, Jesus emphasized this with Philip. He said Philip should have realized that the words of Jesus, everything, action that he did, every word, every action, everything that he did came from the Almighty God. What's the name for the Almighty God? Anybody? El Shaddai. Let's say it together. El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Y'all been here on Wednesday nights? All right. I expected that word to just blast right out of there. 
El Shaddai. That's El Shaddai means the Almighty God. All right, that's your word for the day. You know, El Shaddai. Who's in charge? El Shaddai. Who makes all the decisions? El Shaddai. All right, and these words and actions of Jesus, when we look at every single word that came out of Jesus' mouth, every action that he did, every miracle that he performed, when you look at it, it wasn't Jesus doing it. It was God Almighty doing it through Jesus Christ. Believers today have not seen the Lord Jesus in the flesh. We haven't seen him. But let me just tell you something. But we have seen him in the works and in the word, which is in the Bible. God's inspired word has showed us every aspect of Jesus. It's given us every aspect of his ministry. It's showed us every role that he's played, every, every miracle that he's performed. We've seen Jesus Christ through the word of God. Amen? So if you want to know Jesus Christ, how do you get to know Jesus Christ? You've got to get into what? The word of the God. All right? There's emphasis throughout the gospel of John. When you look at the gospel of John, the emphasis that you cannot separate the words of Jesus Christ and the actions that he did. You can't separate the two because they both came from the same point. They both came from the almighty God. That's how you cannot separate the read the two. That's how they reveal God to us. When we look at what Jesus did, we know that it came from God and that's what he's trying to reveal to us. We have an opportunity to know God who is the creator of the universe because Jesus Christ revealed him to us throughout his actions, throughout his words, every step of the way. Man, you've got to call him the role model because he's the role model for servant ministry. He's the role model for Christian ministry. He's the role model for Christian life. He's the role model we should see because when we look at him, we see God, the Father God, through his actions and through his words. It's important in any relationship. If you want to know about someone, you have to know how to communicate with them. This scripture talks about communication, and that's important. A major conflict in relationships today is lack of communication. You ever heard that? You just don't communicate with me. We just don't communicate. Why are you laughing, Trish? Patty never said that, okay? Y'all don't get nothing wrong here. But you think about it. People say that. We don't communicate anymore. We're not on the same page You know, communication is so important to us. The Bible is very clear. If we want to know God, then we have to know how to communicate with him. Amen? If we want to know him better, we got to know how to communicate with him. God has given us prayer as a means of communication with him. We use it all the time. There's nothing better than being in prayer other than God's word. Being in God's word is one thing, but being in prayer with God is, is just as important. God's given us prayer as a tool. Jesus demonstrated it. He spent many, many hours. The majority of his ministry was spent where? In prayer. I mean, he did a lot of things. You, there's a lot of things to record about, but he spent a lot of hours by himself in prayer with his heavenly Father. God is going to answer our prayers. If we look at it, God's going to answer our prayers and give us peace in our hearts. There's a certain conditions that we must meet. I'm going to give you those conditions this morning. In fact, the meeting these conditions is a blessing in itself. The fact of meeting the conditions that God sets for us to, to answer a prayer is a blessing in itself. Look at this. John fourteen thirteen through 14 says this. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Think about that just a minute. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so the Father may be glorified in the Son. Here we go. 14 is, a, is the one that we want to sign up with. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Man, sign me up for that one. Huh? Jesus telling me, if you ask in my name, I'm going to do it. Who wouldn't sign up for that, right? 
Let's look at that a little bit deeper. We pray placing our faith on the promises that God has given us. We pray based on the fact that Jesus has ascended into heaven and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf because those are my children. We pray in the name of Jesus because of that. All right, We look at it a little bit further. We pray based on the fact that he's ascended. We pray in the name of Jesus because there's power in his name, not just in Jesus Christ himself, not just in God. There's power in that name alone. We pray because of the power that's in that name. But we need to make sure that we pray with the right attitude. We need to make sure we pray with the right frame of mind. We can't take it out of context because we are communicating with El Shaddai. We're communicating with Almighty God. This isn't just somebody we're talking to. Even though he wants to hear everything we got to say, even though every little minute thing we, we, we concerned about, he wants to hear about it. He wants to share in everything that we're doing. But we're communicating with the creator of the universe, both love and obedience. These are two things that we talk about a lot are part of the Christian life, and they're part of an effective prayer life. And I want you to have an effective prayer life. I want your prayers to be positive. I want them to be strong. I want you to feel the presence when you pray. Psalm 66, 18 says this. If you go back to the Old Testament, here's talking about prayer. If I had, a, if I had been aware of malice in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You've got to have the right attitude. You've got to be playing in, praying in the right frame of mind. Amen. There's a lot to this, but we want to understand it. We do not become followers of Jesus Christ just because we want to have our prayers answered. Some like, uh, somewhat like the attitude of a child just before Christmas. Man, that's when they get to be good, right? December 1st, man, it's on from then to the 25th, right? Even parents use this phrase a lot. And if you're not, you don't straighten up, you don't act right, you know, you ain't getting nothing for Christmas. What you going to get? A bag of what? cold bag of cold bag of switches you think about that we obey god because we love him and we obey his commandments because we love him we obey him because we want to grow closer to him we want to obey him because we want to experience the unconditional love that he has for us we keep his commandments to keep his commandments means that we value them we value the things that, that he wants us to have. We value the things that he wants to tell us. We value the relationship. We treasure his word uh, among, in our hearts. We guard it, and we want to do it just the way he wants us to do it. If you look at Job 23, verse 12 says this, I have not departed from the commands that you have given me from your lips. I have treasured your words from his mouth more than daily food. Man, the spiritual food is more important than physical food. And that's hard for me to say, amen? Somebody that doesn't, hasn't missed a meal, that's for sure. God's word provides spiritual food that we need for existence. We've got to have spiritual food for existence. God's word provides the, the spiritual food that we need for existence. It's far more important than any physical food that we may need to keep our body healthy. It's far more important than third Sunday covered dish at Pine Hill, as valuable as that is. We've got to have the physical food, but we've got to have the spiritual food as, as well. Praying in the name of Jesus is not some type of magical formula that guarantees that we get what we're praying for uh oh where'd we go with that one it's not a guarantee it's not a magic formula that we that we get what we're praying for wait a minute brother Kerry. verse 14 says this if you ask me anything in my name i will do it that's what it says 
But praying in the name of Jesus is not something that we add to the end of the prayer. It's not just simply something we add to the end of prayer to make sure that our prayer goes through, to make sure that Jesus hears it and passes it on to God, make sure that God gets it. That's not exactly what this is about. Next to God's word, prayer is the most important tool that a Christian has. To ask anything in our Heavenly Father's name, ask anything in the name of Jesus, here we go, means that we ask what Jesus would ask. Amen? We ask what's important to Jesus. And let's look a little bit further. It's ask what Jesus said. It means that we ask what would please God. It means that we want to bring him glory. Here's what Jesus said when he established the prayer. He said, thy will be done on earth and in heaven. Amen. When Jesus asks for anything, it's thy will be done. Bottom line is, God, we want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he said, all right? Not my will, but your will. When someone tells you that, that you can use their name, or perhaps they say, uh, feel free to mention my name to those you're speaking to. When they do this, they're giving you a privilege, but they're also giving you a pretty impressive responsibility. They're giving you the opportunity to use their name for the benefit of something that you might be needing. They're giving you a, a, a good opportunity, a good privilege. For instance, I had a coworker one time that asked me if, if he could use my name as a reference. And I said, sure. I said, you tell him to call me if you need a reference. I have no problem with that. And he was interviewing in this position that he was applying for. And he said, you can uh, call Kerry and he'll give a, a reference for me. And the man looked at him. He says, if Kerry trusts you in this position, that's good enough for me. Not, not tooting my own horn, but I'm just going to tell you, it was a character issue. Trusting someone in that position is good enough for me. When look at that. When, 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 when we look at the name, your name has character that attached to it. Your name is associated with your character. God's name is associated with his character. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of God. To know God is to know his nature. To know God is to know his character. To know God is to know what he is. To know he's El Shaddai, the creator of the universe. To know God is to know what he wants to do in, in our life. To know God is to know the mission that he has for this world. To, to make people uh, understand who he is. To show unconditional love so that all people have the opportunity to come to know him. To have eternal life with him in heaven. To know God is to know who? His son. I mean, you got to know his son. You cannot know the father without knowing the son. People say, well, I know there's a God. I know there's a God. There has to be a God. I know there's a God. I know uh, of a God. I know there's a God. Knowing that there's a God does not guarantee people uh, will spend eternity in heaven. Amen? That's not what guarantees it. I mean, Satan knows there's a God, but I can promise you he's not going to spend eternity in heaven. But he knows there's a God. John 14, 6 says this. Jesus told him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the only way. You've got to know the Son to know the Father. God answers prayers in order that honor his name. God answers prayers in order that honor his character, the things that Jesus would ask for. Therefore, prayer must be in his will. The first request of the Lord's prayer is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Majestic is your name. Great is your name. Hallowed be thy name. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the first thing. And when Jesus is teaching them how to pray, that's the first thing he said. And we don't go straight to the want list and what we need. It's our Father. We're recognizing our Father who's in heaven. And then right away we're recognizing the, the reverence of him. How majestic he is and how great he is. Hallowed be thy name. Any request that does not glorify God's name should not be asked in his name. 
It shouldn't be asking his name. God wants to hear from us through prayer. And we never want to use prayer as a leverage tool to get what we want. That's not what we're praying for. I mean, we're not praying to win the game. We're praying to be successful. We're praying to do what we're, we're capable of doing. We're praying for, for God to use us in the abilities that we have. You know, we're not praying that to make us a great Sunday school teacher or a great preacher. We're praying that he just uses what we have and uses it for his glory and that he gets the presence and he gets the glory for it. Amen? Whatever gift you have, you need to use it for honor for the, for the glory of God, whether it's playing the piano or whether it's singing or whatever it is. You need to use it for the glory of, of the Father. Man, we need to use it, not a leverage tool. Prayer is our communication resource that allows us to share with God how we're feeling. Man, he wants to hear how we're feeling. He already knows, but he wants us to communicate with him. We can Prayer, we can share with him how we're feeling, how much we need him, how much we depend on him, what we need him to do, how much we love him. And the word love goes right along with, with the word no. We look at it, love is an important theme in the gospel of John. It's used 56 times throughout God, John's gospel. Man, when you see repetitive words, you need to pay attention because they have significant value in God's word. Jesus displayed God's unconditional love throughout his ministry. There wasn't a, a second that he wasn't concerned about somebody knowing God's unconditional love. He was emphasizing it throughout his ministry. His life and his ministry were a direct reflection of the Heavenly Father. And when you look at him, you can see God the Father. He displayed God's love throughout because he wanted God to be glorified throughout his actions and his word. Man, you want to know God, you've got to know the Son. You want to know the, the love that God has for us, you've got to know the Son because God loves us so much. Man, he sent Jesus Christ out of heaven to come down here to spend time with us, to show us the love that he had for us because he loves us beyond measure. There's no way to measure how much God loves us. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God gave his only son to go to the cross for me and you so we could have eternal life. Ephesians 2.8 says this, By grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourself, it's a gift of God. And God's in the gift-giving business. He's in the life-changing business. And he gives us the gift of Jesus Christ. Romans 3.23 says this, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Man, there's not one person who walked on this planet other than Jesus Christ that hasn't been born with sin and had to deal with issues and struggle the same way we do today. They've been since the beginning of time. There's been a struggle all the way up to this point. But all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin creates a separation between us and God. We can't get to him. He can't get to us. There had to be a substitute to take that place. It wasn't me and it wasn't you. It was Jesus Christ. He took that place so that we would have eternal life with him and that we have the opportunity to have salvation and the opportunity to have eternal life with him in heaven. Romans ten thirteen says this. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the... That's the, the most special verse of Scripture to me. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what your lifestyle is or it has been. Man, it, God's in a life-changing business. He says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When our time is over, we're going to spend eternity in one of two places. We're going to spend eternity either separated from God in hell or we're going to spend eternity with him in heaven. And the choice that we make on this planet determines where we spend eternity Romans 10, 9 says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Simple as that. God didn't make it complicated. He didn't make it hard. He just said, hey, invite me in and I'll come right on in and live there. 
and I'll change you into something that I want you to be. Change you from where you are to where you need to be. Maybe there, uh, maybe that you don't know this Jesus I've been talking about. I'd love to share with you more in a moment. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. I'll be down front. If you want to know more about Jesus, I'd love to share that with you. I'll stay afterwards. You can go on and eat, and, and we can have conversation after the fact, whatever we need to do. But make sure you don't let the sun go down on this day without knowing who the Father is. Maybe there's others in need of uh, prayer. Our deacons are available for you. We'd love to pray with you. The altar is always open for you. Whatever the issue is, this is your time set aside for you. It's an invitation, and I tell you every week, it's not just something we tack on the end. It's a special time part of the worship service where you need to reflect on your life and your relationship with the Almighty God. Father God, I just come before you this morning. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to come into your presence, to come into your house, to study your word together. And God, I just thank you for this, this church. God, I just pray for us as, as we reflect on you. God, I just pray the power of the Holy Spirit would just overpower this moment. And God, that we would feel your presence like never before. And God, I just pray for those that, that may not know you as personal Lord and Savior. God, I just pray that this would be the day that they would turn it all over to you. God, I just pray for others in our congregation. God, those that are dealing with physical, medical, spiritual issues. God, I just pray the power of the Holy Spirit would just instill upon them that you're in control. And God, you are the great physician. God, we just love you. We lift your name up. We praise you. These things I ask in your son's precious and holy name. Amen.